We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Good song, Paulie. They play the song in Varsity Blues. I watched Varsity Blues before every high school football game I ever played. That's a fact. I wouldn't make that up or say that on air. Joining us right now, shifting the conversation to football, Covering the Jets and Giants for SNY. Fellow Monmouth University alum, Connor Hughes. What's up, brother? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I like this. The Monmouth-Monmouth connection. It's, uh, it's, it's a good day to be a Hawk. Go Hawks. I mean, I just was watching. They had on SNY the uh, Rhode Island-Monmouth game that Monmouth lost in seven overtimes. Unreal. Unreal. They got a pretty good rushing attack this year, though, man. I mean, they have they have better players than they've ever had, in my opinion, better uniforms, but you know what they're lacking? And I actually wrote an article uh, my last year at Monmouth when I wasn't playing football, and it was called Home Field Disadvantage. They have a home field disadvantage. They've made that <laughs> stadium better, but you know what? The visiting side, where the visiting players are, there's no fans behind them. No one heckling them, no one distracting yep. them. They're over there, and they can do whatever they want, and uh, I think the field hockey field is behind them, so... Mama's got to close that in. They've got, they've got to make it at least like a half bowl. Yeah, there's some work to do. There's some work to do. Yeah, and it's tough. They, they're they never going to be able to put lights on that field because the community doesn't want it. Um, what year did you graduate from Mama? 2015, man. That was my uh, graduating year. Okay, I'm 2011, so we were nowhere near each other for the most part. I was probably, <laughs> yeah, we missed it. We missed it a little bit. Yeah, I was, I was out of there before you got into there, and I was there, but I wasn't really there. (laughs) I was around, but I wasn't really around. All right, let's get into the conversation that everybody else wants to talk about. Let's start with the Jets. Uh, I favor the Jets locally. I'm not a fan of the Jets or the Giants, but if I had to pick one, it'd be the Jets. I love what they're doing this year. The defense, uh, the offense is really now the focus with Zach Wilson back. He's winning games, but really it's because of the run attack, and they take a huge hit losing Brees Hall, Brees Lightning. He rips off that long run. And gets everyone fired up, and then not long after that, he exits the game. But then they immediately make this move for James Robinson, 
and I hope he's ready to go. What are you thinking about the Jets now losing one of the you know best running backs in the game, or at least one of the best rookie running backs we've seen? Like he was looking like an impact player, and now they have to rely on Michael Carter and James Robinson. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think that the the one thing I would I would try to to temper the expectations a little bit for for some Jet fans because James James Robinson's a good player, he's not Brees Hall, and I don't think there's too many people in the NFL that are Brees Hall, which is kind of crazy to talk about uh, when you consider the fact that Hall was what through through seven games of his NFL career. I mean, this is a guy who was as good as advertised, maybe even a little bit more than the Jets expected in terms of how quickly he became acclimated to the NFL game, his, his home run potential, you know, the, the ability to really take any handoff, get to the second level and beyond. I mean, with, with Zach Wilson dealing with some of the struggles that he's been dealing with this year, the Jets were able to rely on Brees Hall and to some extent Mike Carter, but really Brees Hall to find success, continue that success, and, and have an offense that works uh, despite the fact they really haven't been able to get too much out of their passing game. You can't replace that just – you know, by a simple trade, you know, it's just, it's not something you can replace, but what you can try to do, which is what the Jets have done here is lessen the blow. So uh, in James Robinson, they're getting a guy who's a tremendous one cut runner. He's a downhill runner. He's physical. He's been incredibly productive throughout his career. I think it's a 4.5 yard per carry average. And, and when you take him and you put him into a backfield that also includes Ty Johnson and Michael Carter, what you kind of have the Jets in 2020, 2022 doing is what the 49ers did in 2019, which obviously is where uh, Michael LaFleur kind of pulls his offense from because that was where they had Breida, they had Coleman, they had Moser. They had a three-headed rushing attack that took them uh, obviously deep into the playoffs and they reached the Super Bowl. So uh, the Jets don't really have that number one bulldog running back anymore, but they're going to try to come at teams now with a uh, true running back by committee. And they're going to face Bill Belichick and the Patriots this weekend. And Belichick's always known for having a good defense. And now he's coming off a loss and a little bit of a quarterback controversy with the benching of Mac Jones in his first game back, only playing three series. Then they go right back to Bailey Zappi, who's actually been pretty decent in his first couple showings. I feel like this is a game that the Jets can win. What are you thinking about this weekend with them hosting the Patriots and the Patriots kind of reeling right now? I feel like Jets fans are looking for revenge. Revenge, yeah. And honestly, it's it's not, though, for the reason that I think a lot of people will point to, right? Because historically, right, the, it's, it's been the ultimate big brother, little brother with, with New England and the Jets, where it was Tom Brady and Bill, Bill Belichick just kind of had their way with them for so many years, and, and the Patriots never took the Jets seriously, and Tom Brady never took the Jets seriously. It was almost like the Patriots looked at the Jets on their schedule, and aside from a couple of blimps there with Rex Ryan, it was like, okay, well, those are two wins we can throw it by. So obviously Jet fans want to win this one because they want to feel the power start to shift from these guys have beat us up for so long. You know, the basically the bully becomes the bully, if you will. But there's a, a little extra storyline and a little extra mustard and a, and a little extra juice to this one. And it, it kind of goes back to when the Jets and the Patriots played last year. You know, the, the Jets put a, the, the Patriots put a beating on the Jets and the Jets were banged up. The Jets were hurt. The Jets were clearly not nearly on, you know, a rebuilding team really in the very early stages of their rebuild. Patriots went up by like 30 points. And in the fourth quarter, they were still throwing go balls and go routes and sending guys deep, taking shots down the field to really rub it in the Jets' faces. You know, the, the game was over. The Jets were a young team, developing team. And Bill Belichick and, and that Patriots roster took it upon themselves to not just beat New York, but embarrass New York. 
Mm-hmm. That was something that absolutely stuck with Robert Sala, Jeff Ulbrich, and Mike LaFleur after that game. I mean, I remember talking to some of those guys, and, and, and they said, we're going to remember. We're going to remember. And when the opportunity presents itself for us, when we finally turn this thing around, when we are the better team, we are going to remember this when we play that team again. You just saw the Patriots get their you-know-whats kicked on national television. They are not the same team that they have been. Their defense has issues. Their offense has issues. They have, who is it? I don't know if it's Joe Judge or Matt Patricia calling plays on the offensive <laughs> staff. I mean, they are not the Patriots that you and I knew growing up. They're not the Patriots that our dads knew growing up. They are very much ripe for the picking, and I think that it is going to be a talk whether the Jets say it publicly or not. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and pregame on Sunday, they are going to re- – these coaches – are going to remind every single one of these players what happened last year and let them know that the opportunity to settle the score is this Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Yeah. Okay, two more Jets questions. One around uh, Elijah Vera Tucker and this Jets O-line, right? They lose Makai Becton early on in preseason, then they sign Dwayne Brown, and Tucker's a guy who's played uh, right guard and left tackle is versatile for them. What are you hearing about the Jets and how they feel with who they have uh, blocking up front? Well, the, the good news is reinforcements are coming, right? I mean, it, 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 we were just talking about replacing Brees Hall. You know, Elijah Vera Tucker, he, he was the Jets' best player on offense and defense. I mean, I think that anyone in that building would tell you that because of his versatility, because of how good he is on the football field. He just plays a position. That there's no statistics to show you how dominant he is. So to lose him, I mean, that's about as big of a blow as Hall is, if not maybe even more of a, of a big of a blow of Hall. I mean, he's been the one steady fourth in this offensive line, no matter where you put him. Left guard, right guard, right tackle, left tackle, did not matter. Wherever you put this guy, he was able to find success and, and, and stabilize the position that you throw him in. Uh, obviously, you just like we were talking about, you can't just replace Hall, or you can't just replace Barrett Tucker, but the one positive that the Jets do have is that while Max Mitchell and, and George Fant aren't ready to go yet, they will return this year. So these are two guys that, that are not season-ending injured reserve. These are two guys that are not completely on the shelf for the rest of the year. These players will be back. So right now it's kind of just hold the fort down until you get these two guys back in the lineup. And then hopefully you can go to work a little bit. Look, Nate Herbig's kind of provided some really good play there at, at the, uh, the right guard position. Lakin Tomlinson, obviously a Pro Bowl player. Dwayne Brown's back, and, and while he's still dealing with that shoulder, he's going to be pretty healthy. Connor McGovern, mainstay at center. You just need to get one of these two guys back and healthy, whether it's Fant or whether it's Mitchell. Put him there at right tackle and hopefully stabilize this unit. It's not going to be as good as with Vera Tucker, but at least you'll, you'll have something there uh, that you can work with. Okay, last question on the Jets. With uh, Elijah Moore and his saga from yeah. being excused and requesting a trade and you know not traveling with the team, not playing, to supposedly being back with the team and ready to play, you know what? On that Brees Hall run, I tweeted this out. Those guys put a hat on the on a hat. There, those guys eleven, Denzel Mims, uh, eighty four, Corey Davis, and even uh, twenty five, Michael Carter. You saw in that play, they all went and made those blocks that made that happen. I felt like that was the most team play to show Elijah Moore. Hey, man, it's not about your targets or your receptions. Go yeah. out there and do what we ask you to do, and we'll come back to you. And uh, now he'll be in the fold, and they need him. He's a playmaker. And uh, as Zach Wilson is looking for guys to make plays, do you think he's on the field or you think they're going to, you know, have him active, but stick with Denzel Mims, another guy who was requesting a trade months ago in preseason? I, I think he's just too good to keep off the field. I mean, he really is. He's just, he's so, so talented. And that's why the Jets aren't willing to trade him. I mean, you know, after 
that trade request came out, I, I talked to a number of people in the front office, a number of people on the on the coaching staff, and were like, "Wow, you guys are really going to move them?" And the resounding answer I got from everybody is, "Hell no!" Like the the guy is the guy's a a twenty something year old dynamic football player. Why would we get rid of him? We are going to exhaust all possible means to make this work. And I think what's weird about the whole Elijah Moore situation is that this guy hasn't ever been known as a diva receiver. You know what I mean? Like when you had guys out there like Terrell Owens sometimes causing problems or, or Randy Moss or, you know, at, at different points in his career causing problems, you know, those guys had a reputation as the give me the ball, you know, even Keyshawn Johnson, you know, throw me the damn ball book that he came out with. Like you had these guys that had that personality of I want it. I want it. I want it. It doesn't really matter anything else. I'm so good. Give me the ball. That kind of thing. That's so not Elijah Moore. I mean, I've talked to him a number of times his rookie year. I talked to him a number of times in the locker room. What has happened with him is so uncharacteristic. I mean, especially when he blew up on Michael Floor before the practice on Thursday. I mean, that's not him. Like, it's just not who he is as a person. So the Jets are going to do everything they can, exhaust all means to try to stop whatever this little outburst is and get Elijah Moore back to being the Elijah Moore that his family knows he is, everyone who was coached him previously knows he is and who the Jets thought he was after the first full season. Now, I don't think that means they're going to force him the ball, but I think they just need to do a better job of helping him realize how important he is to this team. Because I wonder if, and again, we haven't talked to Elijah, so we haven't really had the opportunity yet to speak to him since all this went down, but I wonder if a lot of his problems is if he just figured, you know, saw Brees Hall get going, Corey Davis, everyone's talking about Garrett Wilson, everyone wanting Denzel Mims, even the tight ends getting involved that. And he felt kind of like the afterthought, you know, and, yeah. and the forgotten kid, if you will. And, and they just need to remind him again just how important he is because he is so, so, so immensely talented. And the Jets are absolutely a better offense with him on the field than off it. Yeah, team first. And uh, I'll tell you firsthand, all receivers are divas. I play quarterback <laughs> and receiver. Playing quarterback, every receiver is coming to the huddle. I'm open, bro. I'm open, bro. This guy can't yeah. check me. And then playing receiver, you're coming back to the huddle. I'm open, bro. I'm open, bro. Get me the <laughs> ball. It's just, it's just how it is in football. And for Elijah Moore having a big rookie year, he probably had big expectations for himself in his second year. Uh, that doesn't matter as long as the Jets are winning. Let's transition now. Talking about receivers. Um, on the other side, Kadarius Toney. Yeah. Kenny Galladay, the New York football giants. Now, you know, I think they're still going to be without those guys, but then you add the injuries to Daniel Bellinger and Evan Neal. Like this is just the part of the season where all teams are hurt, losing guys, trade deadlines approaching. People are making trades to try and fill in. Um, but I think the Gi- the Giants this year are really embodying the next man up culture mm-hmm. and even the culture of, like, it doesn't matter if you, you know the name on the back of the jersey. These guys are playing as a team. They're representing New York and the New York Giants. Uh, what, what's their outlook going into this week uh, facing Seattle? And, you know, now they're down a couple guys that they've relied on. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's it's funny because, the Giants are the team that you could absolutely see want to make a move at the deadline, want to, you know, in terms of they have these holes that they want to fill. They could use another corner, absolutely. They could use two or three receivers, right? And there's Odell Beckham out there who, who you think, oh, they want to sign him as a free agent, or maybe they want to try to make a trade for DJ Moore or make a trade for Denzel Mims or, or do something like that. But the the what's so fascinating about the fact that the Giants are winning is that no one, I don't even think there were people within their own building that foresaw this coming because of just the mess that they were handled from the way that Dave Gettleman just drove this franchise into the ground during his run as general manager. I mean, they are saddled with horrendous contracts. They are saddled with uh, contracts of players that they're paying that are no longer here. They have players 
that were drafted that just didn't pan out that they still have. And, and you'd love to replace these guys, right? But they don't have the money to do so. I think it's something like you look at their salary cap situation, and I don't have the, the numbers right in front of me, but they don't have the money to go sign anybody. They don't have the money to trade and acquire somebody because they can't pay that player's base salary. So they're kind of stuck here in this situation where they just kind of have to make it work with what they have. And amazingly, that's exactly what they've been doing through these seven weeks. I mean, the, the Giants are 6-1. and one. Like, dude, I was there, I don't even know how many days in training camp. I covered the Jets eight years of my career. I know bad football when I see one. That was a bad football team over the summer. <laughs> Dude, it was bad. It was bad on offense. It was bad on defense. And then this game, these games start, and you have to give so much credit to Brian Dable and his staff because they are just finding a way to make it work. This team treads water. They take the punches. They just keep it, even if it's ugly. They win ugly, but they keep things close no matter how ugly it looks until the fourth quarter, and then they do enough to win the game. And they've been able to do that six times, and you can't discredit any of their victories anymore. You want to Chalk it up like, oh, they beat the Bears. Bears aren't good. I agree. Oh, they beat you know the Panthers. Panthers aren't good. I agree. But they also beat the Ravens. They also beat the Titans. Those two teams are pretty damn good right now. So the fact that they are so under-talented and it's such a talent disadvantage from their competition week in and week out, yet despite that, they are still finding ways to win games. I think, look, I don't know how far this is going to go. I think the playoffs are absolutely going to happen for this team. I don't know how far they go in the playoffs, but – if you want to look to future and a sign that the Giants are in the right direction, I think Joe Shane absolutely is the right guy, a general manager. And Brian Dable, I mean, he's, he's the front runner right now for coach of the year with what he's doing. So you'd uh, love to add to this team and, and bolster kind of like the Jets just did with James Robinson. But unfortunately for the Giants, they need their draft picks to round out the roster and, and fill some holes going forward. And they also don't really have the money to add anyone right now. Anyone of note, I should say. Yeah, but I mean, like you just gave props to Shane and Dable, they're going to be on those phones. They're going to be trying to make something happen. They realize that, you know, they've got a 6-1 and one team that they weren't expecting to have, and they've got a shot in their first year to go to the playoffs. you got to maximize your opportunities, and they have guys on this team. Like, imagine if they were able to somehow trade Kadarius, Tony. Kenny Galladay yeah. is tough with his contract, but, uh, you know, they 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 got to be on the phones trying to make something happen, I, I assume. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I go back and forth on the Tony decision because – like right now, I mean, it would be pennies on the dollar. You know, moving him is going to be pennies on the dollar because right. he's injury prone. Obviously, he has kind of the, the the stigma of does he really care, that kind of a thing. So uh, I almost wonder if it's better just to get that kid healthy, get him on the field, and then let him just so, show something where you're not getting a conditional five or six or something like that. Let him show something these final few weeks. Maybe make some plays in the playoffs. And then if he's not part of your long-term plans, Maybe you can flip them for a three or a four instead of a five or a six, you know, in, in the offseason. Like I got to back and forth on that because so, he does have talent. It's not like it's not like Kenny Galladay who just can't run anymore. I mean, Tony does have legitimate talent. Yeah, it's his second year in the league. He was a first round draft pick. I, I mean, I was really thinking that he was going to do something for the Giants this year, but whatever. They're they're getting the most out of guys like Wandell Robinson now and uh, Darius Slayton and Richie James. I'm still waiting for David Sills to have a big game, but you know what? None of that matters when you have the best rushing quarterback in the NFL, better than Lamar Jackson, better than Jalen Hurts, better than Kyler Murray, better than Josh Allen. Daniel Jones is toting the rock. <laughs> what do you think yeah. about how successful he's been on the ground, him and Saquon together? Like, that is a great rush, rushing attack to the point where they don't need to lead, lead the league yeah. in passing. They're going to kill you on the ground. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I, I don't know if 
I don't know if Daniel Jones is ever going to be Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, a top five, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I don't know if he can ever reach that, that level. But I think what he has shown this year is that if he is given quality surrounding talent and, and he continues to have competent coaching for really the first time in his career, right? Because who do you have? It was, you know, Jason Garrett, I know for a chunk of time was his offensive coordinator. Freddie Pat, Kitchens, Pat Sher- Ben yeah, McAdoo, Pat yeah, Shermer. Pat Shermer, Joe yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, it's not exactly, you know, the, the Sean McVay coaching tree over there for, uh, for, for Daniel Jones to, like, I think it was the Giants who came out and said that basically they've done everything they can to fail this kid. And, yeah. and that's basically what happened. So I think what he's shown this year is that, well, I don't know if he's ever going to be top five, top 10. He's absolutely a quarterback you can win with, and he's absolutely a quarterback that can put the team on his back. And he's he's so tough, and he's, his teammates absolutely love him. He's got the respect of everyone in that locker room, and they're just rallying around him. And, you know, it's kind of like this island of misfit toys, and they've all banded together. Now, the question the Giants are going to have to, or the decision the Giants are going to have to make is what to do with Daniel Jones after this year. I personally think they'll probably try to hit him with the franchise tag, maybe a short two-year extension, but – if he doesn't take that two-year extension, the franchise tag makes a lot of sense. Just be one more year. You know, get one more year of Daniel Jones, fill out the roster a little bit more, get him some better playmakers, get him some better receivers. See if he can replicate this year, next year as well. Because if he can do that, I think he's absolutely worth worth a, a legitimate long-term contract extension because you've shown right now that you can win with Daniel Jones. He's erased basically so many of the, the concerns that he had early in his career, right? The interceptions, they're down. The fumbles, they're down. Uh, he's taking care of his body as well with still running the ball, but also sliding, getting down, and not taking those extra hits. He's effective as a passer. He's dynamite, obviously, as a runner. I think he'd be better as a passer if he actually had some freaking weapons, right? You give him the weapons that Zach Wilson's working with, and I think this Giants offense could really explode. So uh, he's one of those people who, Daniel Jones, who before this season, man, I, I wrote him off, you know what I mean? And and I was like, oh, you know, he's it's basically just a lame duck quarterback. He's going to finish out this year, go as a free agent, be a backup somewhere. The Giants will draft someone. No, he has played himself not only into a, a contract, but into the discussion of is this guy a franchise quarterback? He's having a hell of a year. Yeah, he's he's not turning the ball over like he did in the past. He tried last Sunday. He got called back, yeah. I believe. <laughs> and yeah. he's, he's, he's staying on the field. He was hurt early on, right? like maybe three weeks ago with an ankle, but he's played through it. He's been yeah. tough. Okay, last question for you. You know, I, I always look at Geno Smith as yeah. the guy that they benched Eli for. They broke Eli's starting streak for Geno Smith back then, and I thought that was foolish, and he was not the Geno Smith that we're seeing now. Geno has been accurate. That offense is coming alive now with Seattle. I look at this game as a game that the Giants could potentially lose, but I'm not going to count them out because of what we've seen week to week, right? They have enough film, and their coaches keep them in every game with their play calling and their decision-making but going out there to Seattle this weekend against the 12th man and against a team that just went to L.A. and beat the Chargers and Geno Smith versus his former team wanting to show you know them and all of New York who he is now, how are you feeling about the Giants' chances of going into Seattle and knocking down the Seahawks? Yeah, the the two games on their schedules, you know, they they got to five and one, and it was like, oh my God, look at look at who's coming up. They could get to nine and one, right? I mean, I think the two potential hook. Uh, um, hiccups that I that I could see on their schedule were these these last two weeks was the Jaguars game I had some concerns with because I I think Doug Peterson's a good coach I think Trevor Lawrence is just waiting to break out there's some legitimate legitimate talent on that Jaguars roster where they're much more talented than their record indicates they're kind of actually the the reverse of the of the Giants if you will 
So that was one that I had a little bit of concerns with. And then this one as well, going East Coast, West Coast. Sanford, uh, uh, Seattle's a hot team. Geno Smith playing out of his mind. Another team that a lot of people wrote off that has suddenly started to play some, some really good football as of late. So this is one that I do have some concerns with, but I will say that that Seattle offense is going to be significantly, significantly, significantly different without DK Metcalf. That guy is an absolute animal. He is a monster. He is a matchup nightmare in, in so many different ways. One of those guys where you have to keep someone over top of him, which means you can't put that extra guy in the box. So it allows them to run the ball. It allows them to pass lock it. Obviously a good receiver as well. Um, they're going to look a little different with, with Metcalf dealing with what he's dealing with right now. So uh, I think it's going to be a good game and it's going to be a challenging game. I can see the Giants having this, this one kind of stop the losing streak, but I'll, or start the losing streak or stop the winning streak, if you will. Uh, but honestly, dude, I've been kind of saying that for seven weeks now. Every, every single game I've gone in, I've been like, oh, this is going to be the one the Giants lose. This is going to be the one the Giants lose. This has to be the one the Giants lose. And this team just keeps on winning, man. So they, they've kind of developed this reputation now as one that's just, they're feisty, they're fiery, uh, and, and you just you can never rule them out. You really can't because they are so incredibly well coached. They believe in each other, and they're going to come at you for four full quarters. And if you're not willing to match them for four full quarters, they're going to pull it out in the end. Yeah, it's all about the Giants' defense, in my opinion, being able to stop yeah. Kenneth Walker in that run game, and then they got to pressure Geno and make him uncomfortable. And I think they'll be able to score enough points to stay with him. I'm interested in that game. I think it's going to be a good one. Like all of these other Giants wins, it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Hey, appreciate you coming on, Connor. Good talking to you. Uh, go Hawks, and I'm sure we'll be connecting again there soon. There we go, man. Absolutely, man. Fly Hawks. Let's go, baby. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Connor Hughes on WFAN. He's on SNY. You guys have probably seen him covering the Jets and the Giants. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. 
Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Right back at it on the fan. Keith McPherson. We are in the middle of a five-hour KM to AM. You've got me till midnight. Let's talk sports. I had Brian Hoke on at 8 o'clock to talk about the Yankees. I just had Connor Hughes on to talk about the Jets and the Giants. 877-337-6666. I have no more guests lined up. You will be the guest. And uh, from the looks of the phones, and I'm sure Paulie will agree, everybody just wants to talk about the Yankees. No one wants to move on from the Yankees. I mean... I do have one call that I'm obviously going to go to first. But looking at the rest of the calls, I understand Yankees fans. And I understand having thoughts and takes and frustrations and things you want to get off your chest. Still a fresh wound. It's still fresh. We're two days off of the season ending, a season that in the beginning of the year, fans didn't know what to expect from a team that people said would finish third or fourth in the AL East a team whose biggest move in the offseason was IKF and Donaldson. And uh, they started off super hot. They started off at a historic pace, had all the fans dreaming of going back to the World Series. And then they ran into some trouble, the Houston Astros, and then a little bit of a slump and a collapse, we thought. But they did enough to get healthy and get right and win the division, get the first round by. Get out of the ALDS, even though they went down 2-1 to the Guardians, and then they rolled right into uh, ALCS sweep by the Houston Astros, which erases all the good feelings around the Aaron Judge 62 home run record chase and all the good feelings around this team. Uh, and I don't know. Here we are again. It seems like we're back to square one. We're in the same place. But still want to talk Jets and Giants and NFL and NBA we don't have the Knicks on tonight. We don't have the Nets on tonight. The Knicks look good, in my opinion. Like I, I know they've played the Pistons and the Magic, whatever, but I just think that they have a different identity and a different look behind Jalen Brunson being the point guard. Julius Randle looks locked in in a different way. Like He just he doesn't look like the frustrated Julius Randle that we've seen, maybe because he's sharing the court now with uh, Jalen Brunson and um, you know R.J. Barrett, I think, is going to take a step forward this year. And even guys coming off the bench, Obi Toppin and um, they 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 have players. They have guys where I think they're going to compete. They'll face the Hornets tomorrow, and the Nets will face the Bucks tomorrow. So basketball fans, Nets fans, call me up if you want to talk about that. Knicks fans, call me up if you want to talk about that. But let's go to Manhattan and talk to Frank about those New York football giants. What's up, Frank? Hey, Keith, big fan, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, man. Always, man. I'm so over the Yankees, I can't talk about them. But on to my New York football giants. I completely agree with what you said. They, they're, salary, they're strapped by the salary cap issue. I just hope that they stay the course. They save their draft picks. You know, and I think finally, since the first time since the Coughlin era, I think these giant players believe in the program. They believe in Dayball. They believe in Joe Shane. And I'm praying for, you know, those good days to come back to the Giants, like that prestigious franchise that they were, that they are and they should be again. Yeah, I think they're back, man. When you see a team go 6-1 and one in the first year of a head coach, first year of a GM, making something out of nothing, 
you you start to dream about what will they actually be when they can draft their own guys? What will they actually actually be when they get out of the mess that Dave Gettleman made? Like in the next couple years, like the Gi- if the Giants are already six and one and one of the top teams in the NFC, I don't expect this regime to want to take any steps back. They're obviously playing above where they expected, but they're only gonna get more of their guys. They're only gonna get uh, you know better with time and better with more options and uh, cap space. So. I don't know. I look at them as a team that said, hey, we're going to rebuild, but we're going to compete while we're rebuilding. And it's these coaches that have them in every game, right? It's these coaches that have creative play calling and schemes, and the offense looks so different this year uh, than it did last year. Dan Orlovsky on Twitter, everybody knows Dan Orlovsky from ESPN, but Giants fans, if you get a chance, go to Dan Orlovsky's Twitter. He was breaking down some of the Giants' plays, and he was saying, I've never seen this before in the NFL. There was like a set of run plays where they just kept running the same play and the same formation, and it just shows you that, you know, the advantage that a good head coach and a good scheme can give you, even if you don't have all the talent. So uh, I I think you Giants fans out there got to be feeling really good about the fact that you demanded that they move on from Joe Judge, a guy that looked like a fraud, honestly, on his way out. And now they have a culture that the team believes in. And you got Brian Dayball coming out with the cigar in his mouth. He's rocking Jordans. He's dapping the fans up. They play uh, Biggie Smalls. It was all a dream after every game. Like It's been a complete change of culture for the New York Giants. It's been wonderful to see. And uh, Keith, thanks for my call, man. And I just hope the Yankees maybe get it right one day. Uh, <laughs> maybe win one more before, I, uh, before my time is up. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for the call, Frank. See, unlike... The Giants, or, you know, with the Yankees, unlike the Giants, the, the Yankees win. And even though they're, they're standard and their culture is World Series, they win in the regular season. They win in dollar amount. They win in attendance. So that's good enough for them to keep going and keep the status quo. The Giants struggled. And even though the Giants have Super Bowls and they have winning in their pedigree and in their history, they struggled over the last few years. Where John Merritt, I saw a video of John Merritt. I've never seen him that pumped. He was in Jacksonville like, I'm like, oh, I didn't even know this guy even got that into it. Yeah, of course he's going to be pumped because he made a decision against what he originally wanted to do. Obviously, they were going to move on from Dave Gettleman. But the original thought that they would bring in a GM and and retain Joe Judge, that never made sense. So these guys come in and look at the immediate effect you got to be happy if you're a Giants fan. You go from the season being over at this time, the end of October, to now you're dreaming about the playoffs, and it just seems like you've got the right guys at the helm. And, you know, life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Like, that's what these guys are doing. They don't have that much talent, but they're getting the most out of the talent that they have. And in the NFL, they are changing the standard for first-time head coaches. These owners... And even these players and everybody that's watching the NFL are saying, how are they doing that in their first year? And all these other first-year head coaches can't get it done. It's a mess for some of these other guys. If the Giants can do it, why can't they do it in other cities and other teams with more talent? So the Yankees will never learn. The Yankees won't change. And the Yankees are never going to have a season where they, you know, bottom out and they win like 80 games and miss the postseason. This is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So – they're going to keep going along and feeling like they're good. And uh, they will, you know, take that, the, you know, the Astros are better than them. And, oh, it's a crapshoot. We made it to the Final Four. We made it to the American League Championship. But guys were hurt. And it's, I don't know what it's going to take to see change. You're not going to see it. 
As a Yankees fan, I've been watching them uh, my entire life, and I've watched them change, obviously, from the years of going to the World Series, of winning. I, I can't tell you exactly what changed, but I don't expect drastic changes um, internally with, like, Cashman or Boone being removed. This is not going down. And if it does, I'll be right here on this mic like, whoo, surprise me. Here we go, folks. Keep McPherson on the fan. We got to take another break, and I'll be right back. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. All right, folks. This is the last hour that I'd like to have you complain about the New York Yankees on my show. (laughs) Paulie's shaking his head no, because that's impossible. It's going to be a long winter of this. Why can't they just get back to the World Series, bro? Come on. I said to Sweeney Murdy on BXB, that's our podcast, Bronx Baseball. It's funny because we started the podcast September 1st. And we kind of knew, like, we, we literally had a conversation. Like, this team might not be in the World Series. They might not go on a long postseason run. But if they do, cool. If not, this podcast will serve as, like, Yankees therapy, Yankees conversations in this offseason, which is going to be a crazy offseason no matter what. With the judge stuff and depending on how they go out, which they went out being swept by the Houston Astros. That's bad. You got to do something after that, right? Uh, we knew that this offseason was going to be a, a big offseason. I spoke about my fandom, and, you know, you've heard me say that, you know, 2004, I think I was a junior or sophomore in high school, it's hard to remember back exactly to, like, where you were. I know where I watched that. I was in my mom's apartment. I grew up in Middlebrook Apartments in Ocean Township, New Jersey. I was sitting in the living room watching it. And, like, I just remember my feelings of, like, I I did not think that they were going to blow that 3-0 lead but then when it actually happened, I just was so confused and, like, stressed and, like, hurt. And I started to feel like an adult. I, I honestly started to, like, grow up. And and as a kid, you're a kid and you're, I'm a Yankee fan. Yeah, I'm a Yankee fan. They win all the time. They win the World Series. We're the champions. They're going to win every single year. Then you get a little bit older and you start to realize this is a business. There are other athletes playing that want to win, too. And they step out there on that field, and it's not a guarantee that the Yankees will always win. How old were you during in 04 again? 2004, I was a junior in high school. Or three, whatever. Or, yeah, I think I was either sophomore or junior. When did you realize that? No, I was a sophomore, yeah. When did you realize that hmm, the Yankees might be in trouble here or did, did not even register even after the Robert stolen base, even after everything that happened, like in Boston, did it not really register just because you were that young and it's naive? Just, you're young and there's so much blind optimism. And sure. then also, I just remember back then thinking that the curse was never going to be broken. Like, I also thought the Philadelphia Eagles would never win a Super Bowl. It's just one of those things in sports that as a kid, you're just like, oh, the curse, they're never, Red Sox are never going to win. You know the whole curse, the great Bambino. They're not going to win. And then when they do win, right, Kevin Millar, don't let us win a game. And when they win that last game, you're like, no way. Wow, that actually went down. Maybe the Yankees are aging. Maybe the Yankees aren't who they thought we were. I mean, 2001 was rough, too. There's Yankee fans always talk about which one was more rough. I think I think 2001 was just as rough as 2004, but not. I think 2004 was worse because of you're up 3-0. It's the Boston Red Sox. It's the curse. All of those things. Oh, that's the worst. And it came after 
2001. But in 2001 with 9-11 and, you know, everyone thinking like, hey, for the city, the Yankees are going to win the World Series and we'll have a parade and it's going to bring the city together. And then Luis Gonzalez versus Mariano Rivera. I can get that clip if you want. No, I'm good, bro. Don't do that. Like, I'm just, and I know you know, but I'm trying to paint the picture of, like, me as a teenager. Sure. Not even at in 2001. Uh, you know, me as a young man, as a Yankees fan, that you're just used to winning and you're learning about Yankees history and all of the championships that they have and you're just literally thinking they're going to get to 28, 29, 30, and now I'm over the age of 30 <laughs> and I'm still waiting for my, like, adult World Series trip. I'm still, like, 2009, I was in college. I'm still waiting for that. And what I was telling Sweeney was... I understand, like, because Sweeney's been in the media covering the Yankees for, you know, two decades. And I'm like, I understand, like, how you guys kind of are just neutral or how you guys approach this with just a professional, journalistic take and, and approach to it. Because it's rough being a fan, man. It, it is rough going through it like that. You got to wear it, right? You don't get to take any swings. You don't get to make any plays. But trust me, when the Yankees got swept, even even the night before, Saturday, man, I, I tried to drink the pain away. And I got on that train and I went straight home and my phone, I can't even open my phone because anyone that can text me about the Yankees that wants to throw salt, they're gonna. Anyone that, that, anyone that can add me. With the, with the Mets stuff, needling is a part of it, man. You get, and No, I, that's yeah, perfectly fine. Yes, I've, uh, been, I've been dealing with it for years. 100%. But it's like, it's frustrating because it's like, when are they going to get back? When are we going to be able to poke our chests out again? When are we going to be able to say, hey, we did it. Well, We're all the way back. Well, we let, never left. Let's be fair. You guys sell it. You guys, your World Series was beating the Guardians and after game five, partying in the streets in the Bronx. That, I'll take it. That was the Yankees' world. I'll take that it. was all that things was you considered. Guys that was lit. That, I didn't know that was going to happen coming out of the, the stadium. That was a scene that was cool. And, and none of those people get to play. All those people were exhaling, right? Those are Yankees fans that waited Monday for the game to get played. It didn't get played. They showed up Tuesday. The Yankees win. Took eight days for the ALDS to be completed. Those are young Yankees fans. Those were mostly kids. I yes. was in the middle of it. Those are mostly. I remember you couldn't get out. I couldn't get out of there because I'm like, okay, and, and like you want to, you want to, you want to see all of that. I definitely wanted to. To I knew I'm like, no guarantee we beat the Astros. Like this might be the biggest highlight of the year. And I, and I'm looking around. I'm like, these are young Yankees fans that heard their uncles and their dads and their brothers talk about the dynasty years. They're celebrating in the streets, thinking, hey, like we're we won Houston. We're four wins away from going back to the World Series. Obviously, they were it seemed a lot farther farther away from that. But all I'm saying is, as I'm getting older, and I know there are you know other fans that feel this way, you start to think about priorities. You start to think about how much time and effort and how much money you put into the Yankees and uh, a baseball season and 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 commuting and traveling to the game. I live an hour away from the stadium. But I'm there 40, 50 times. So. I bet you don't even add up how much gas and toll money you've spent going to the Yankee Stadium. No, I and don't. As, Over the years, nope. And as the great host Chris Moore has told me numerous times, sports teams don't care about you. You don't need to care about them. They don't. I, I posted the Bronx tale on my, uh, on my Instagram today, and uh, that's where I'm at with it, right? I'm, I'm a grown man. 
It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean you don't have to be a fan anymore. But always, putting, always a fan, but and always excited so much to run energy it back. and effort right. and stuff. I'm seeing a you, lot of that. I'm seeing a lot of Yankees fans that I think like are my age in their mid 30s and that are getting up there and they're like, hey, that that winning and and going to the World Series culture like that. We at least we got to have that as kids. That got us into baseball. That got us into going to Yankee Stadium. But now. That seems like a thing of the past. It seems so far away. <laughs> and so people are making decisions. Hey, do I have the money to buy all these tickets? Do I have the time to go to all of these games? Do I want to rep the Yankees this hard? What am I actually repping? I'm repping what I grew up with, and we're far from that. They're not those Yankees anymore. And I see people saying, all right, well, if they're bringing Boone back and Cashman back, I'm boycotting. People say that every year. All right, I'm watching less games. I watched every Yankee game. Even if I'm doing something, I got it on my phone. I'm looking at, at at Bad App. Like It's just part of how I live my life. Even before I was in the media, before anyone followed me, I just always was like that. I'm at the bar watching the Yankees. I'm you know, trying to find anyone that wants to go to a game. And as you get older and the team keeps failing and not getting back to the World Series, you start to approach it differently. So call me up, 877-337-6666. In this last hour, I'll try and get as many Yankees calls in as possible. And then at 11 o'clock, we'll just open it up, open mic. You guys can just take the show wherever you'd like, and we'll talk sports. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 